Okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome. Uh, welcome back to Exploring the Lord of the Rings. Happy to join everyone tonight. For people who are in game with me here tonight, tonight's kind of a special occasion uh, because I am uh, joining everybody here today on one of the new legendary servers at Lotro. This is one of the new things. This is uh, my, uh, my, my, my first time here uh, in the legendary server. Uh, well, second time, technically, uh, but uh, 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 Narnian is level four here on this server, so we're gonna we're, we're gonna have a bit of an adventure uh, in the field trip here tonight. And as you can see, I'm I'm getting like tooltips popping up here, which is how uh, how new Narnian is here on this server. So tonight's gonna be fun. So just a little advance notice of the plan here tonight. So for our field trip tonight, tonight it's time. We're going to get to Rivendell tonight. We're going to go to the gates of Rivendell. Uh, so I'm going to run on, run to the gates of Rivendell from Bree at level four, and I don't have a horse. Well, at least I do have horses, but I don't have the riding skill. So I'm going to run on foot from Bree to Rivendell at level four tonight. That's what's happening for our field trip. So uh, this way, I was figuring this would be this would be good, right? This would be appropriate because it would enable us to kind of recapture some of that impending sense of doom and despair, right? Which Frodo is, is struggling against at many points. Um, you know, uh, when I'm thinking about, of course, ahead to, uh, you know, to Elrond's comment that few have ever, uh, you know, um, you know, come there on a, 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 a journey more dangerous and, a, or, a, you know, and on a, 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 and on a journey, a, 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 an errand more urgent, right? Well, my errand might not be quite as urgent as Frodo's, but my peril will be at least similar. Um, uh, so anyway, um, there's, um, that's the plan. So just to warn you guys, and so this also means I'm going to try to end class a little bit early uh, so that I can get uh, to Rivendell, hopefully, and not get killed by a lynx 100 yards, you know, 100 meters, excuse me, away from the uh, gates to Rivendell. So, yeah, Zach, no, we're not going to travel by suicide tonight because if I die, I'm going to reappear all the way back in Bree. So uh, 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 death is definitely not... Uh, a way to make my travel more efficient on this particular evening. Um, all right. Okay. So that's the plan. So that's going to be fun. So for those of you who uh, have never seen anything like this, you might want to stick around for the field trip tonight. Okay. All right. Um, we are, where are we? Um, okay. Uh, quick, uh, a, a few quick announcements. Just uh, get, uh, uh, nothing brand new this week. Just wanted to remind you of a few things. Remember that Sunshine Moot is coming up very soon. Uh, that's uh, in next month in March on the 23rd down in Orlando. And Nader Moot in the Netherlands is coming up on April 13th. You can register uh, for both of those. Those are open on... Uh, go to signumuniversity.org and scroll down and you'll see the event pages for both of those. All right? Um also, the um, the early bird pricing for Mythmoot uh, registration expires in like a month, around the beginning of March. So uh, uh, I definitely want to uh, move on that sooner or later. Uh, sooner than later, rather. I should say later is probably less good than sooner when it comes to that. Um, okay, so those are the quick announcements today. Um, so today uh, we're looking back from across the border, 
Okay, we've we were we crossed the boundary last time, and we uh, um, uh, this time, of course, we you know we spent a lot of time, uh, which I really really enjoyed looking at that slide. Um, uh, and uh, anyway, so I definitely uh, I definitely want to be thinking about what happens now. You know, we 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 spent a lot of time looking at the importance of that moment. He's in the river, right? So now what happens? Now he's across the boundary, right? So that's it, right? He's arrived. Uh, he's won, um, sort of. Anyway, that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. Now, so I was like, okay, we're like four slides away from the end of this chapter. Uh, tonight, I'm just gonna, we're just going to get right at it. So I, I went into my prep and I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm going to try not to do any questions tonight, uh, because, you know, so only if they're like really, really super good. And then of course, like all of them were really, really super good. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so, I uh, so I'm doing two of them anyway. Um, Matt had a great observation about Frodo's will, which I just thought really emphasized, uh, well, some things, uh, that we were talking about last week. He said, we've been thinking a lot about the way in which the Witch King puts forth his power to overwhelm Frodo and the other hobbits. We can, I suspect, view the loss of hope in Minas Tirith as a, as a parallel. He was thinking of, uh, the, the, the despair that afflicts people in Minas Tirith during the, during the siege. When Frodo is racing for the ford, he is not beset by terror. He is beset by a sense of hopelessness that he may as well give up because there is no way he can reach the Bruin and in time. He looked forward again and hope faded. There seemed no chance of reaching the ford before he was cut off by the others that had lain in ambush. Um, and it's true, when we were talking about that last time, I, I, I emphasized the importance of that hope fading, right? That's obviously clearly important. Um, but Matt is right to emphasize that next sentence, right? Um, that it's not, you know, there seemed no chance of reaching the ford before he was cut off by the others that had lain in ambush. It's not like an objective assessment on Frodo's part, right? He's not doing some swift mental calculations based on his own speed and the speed of his pursuers. That's simply the hopelessness coming through, right? And you know, Matt, Matt's right, might as well give up, right? There's really no way I'm going to make it there. It isn't as if they are armed, he is too, and his sword slash knife inspires defiance in him, or that they are mounted, he's on the faster horse, he is almost undone by the sense of a futility of his attempts at resistance. As such, it isn't a, compel it, uh, it isn't a compelling of Frodo's will that the Witch King is seeking. It's a surrender of Frodo's will to his. And I think that that's a really important thing. Um, one thing that I would... Well, well, let me read the next paragraph, then I'll say it. I think this makes Gorfindel's choice. I think this makes Gorfindel's choice to put him on Asphaloth. The elf horse is not subject to despair, or the witch king doesn't think to target him. Uh, that is the horse, right? Uh, I'm inclined to think that Asphaloth resists or defies him, believing in his ability to win the race. Although that might just be a need to have him counted one worthy of traveling with Bill. True enough. Um, yeah, I agree, and, and I, I I think that this this is another thing that really does help uh, to emphasize the significance of Gorfindel's choice to put him on the horse, right? It's not only a pragmatic thing. Uh, and again, coming back to the, the point that I was making before about Frodo's will, is he going to stop? Is he going to turn? Is he going to give up, 
Is he going to surrender? Is 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 another really good way of thinking about that. And the primary thing um, that I think you know that this really made me think of Matt, and in part it was your own thinking forward towards uh, Gondor and stuff. Um, you know, I, I, giving me some distinct book five and six thoughts, right? Um, as I was reflecting on this, and the interesting thing to me is we can see here the parallel. Right, the parallel between what Frodo is experiencing and what he accomplishes here as he's approaching the Ford, and what he is experiencing and what he accomplishes as he's approaching Mount Doom at the end. Right, he is his will is under siege, and he is resisting. He succeeds in not surrendering his will. Right, in not giving in. Now, eventually, he won't be able. There is a limit to how far he can resist, right? The power of the enemy is capable of overwhelming him in the end, right? His job, Frodo's job here, is not to be stronger than the Witch King. It's not to over... It's not to beat the Witch King. It is to hold out against the Witch King longer than anybody would expect him to be able to hold out, right? And that's exactly what's going to happen with Frodo and the ring. Eventually, he's going to be, just as he would have been overcome by this wound had it gone on very much longer before Elrond healed him, right? He would have been overcome. The wound would have taken him out eventually, right? And he was quite close to that, we're going to be told. So too, the ring overcomes him in the end, and his own will is in the end dominated by the ring um, when he gets to the cracks of doom. But he held out against it longer than anyone could have expected, as long as anyone could possibly have done, right? Um, And this is his job. And there's a cost to it, right? As we're going to see, he's, he's, this wound, right, that he's experienced is, this is not ever going to totally heal. This is one of the wounds, one of those wounds um, that he still bears, that he is going to have a hard time living with, you know, in the years after uh, the destruction of the ring even. Um, but he succeeds, right? And so I think that uh, Matt is really right to draw attention to the um, sort of what's at stake here, right? And it really is about, um, in a sense... With Frodo, it's not about the confrontation of evil, right? Standing up to evil. It's just about not giving in, right? Not letting go, not submitting, uh, not surrendering his will, as as, as Matt says. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes, Lady Shmavyak, you're right. Asphaloth is uh, uh, much better at resisting despair. Certainly does better than Artax does. <laughs> you're right. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Belongsman says that Sam is totally like Asphaloth on Mount Doom. Yeah, absolutely, right? Uh, just as just as Corfindel puts Frodo on Asphaloth's back so that he can get to the ford, so Sam puts Frodo on his own back, right, in order to get him up the mountain. Exactly it. Exactly it. Um, yeah, good. Now, Forthalus, it is interesting. Forthalus says, I wonder if there's a case to be made that Frodo's struggle with the shard toughened him and helped prepare him to resist the ring. I wonder, I mean, you could argue that it weakened him, right? I mean, again, he's still, you know, wounded by it. He's still damaged by it. Um, and he's changed in some ways. I don't know if it toughened him or not, but it certainly... It certainly helps to prepare us, I think, um, and this is one of those one of those ways. And there are 
bunches of these, right? Um, uh, one of the, uh, uh, one of the, 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 this is one of those times when we can, there's a lot that we can see here that we wouldn't normally be able to see on our first read, right? Um, but when we come back and we see, knowing what happens at the end, having seen Frodo approaching Mount Doom, and when we come back and look at this moment, we can really begin to see uh, some parallels there. And our understanding of what's going on with Frodo uh, under the influence of the, of the, the you know, the, the shard of the blade here is, I think, really uh, assisted, really informed by our understanding of what happens to him at the end there. Yeah, and that's interesting. Trifle uh, is recalling Sam's statement that um, uh, they've all they've all had some had some learning, right? Um, they've all uh, learned a thing or two since they left the Shire. Um, schooling wasn't that the word? Didn't he say schooling? Which is interesting, isn't it? Doesn't he say schooling? Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I do wonder if he's partially thinking of this. Um, it is schooling. Okay, I thought it was schooling. Which, considering our discussion of schools in the Shire, is an interesting word for uh, uh, for, for Sam to use, right? Remember Sam with his hands behind him as if he were at school, right? Anyway, sorry. Um, but yeah, no, I, but trifle, I don't mean to nitpick on the word. It just struck me. I was recalling that discussion that we had a year and a half ago. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. They've all been changed, right? Frodo's change there is a little bit more... Uh, um, is a little bit more, um, uh, I don't know. It's not even about learning exactly, right? It's about how he's been changed spiritually, even physically. Right. But yeah, anyhow, um, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's keep going. Next one. La life, uh, uh, Lalith made a wonderful comment. Are you here tonight, Lalith? You are great. This is a this is this is just brilliant, Lalith. Thank you for this. To what extent is Frodo, by crossing the ford, reaching safety? And to what extent is he crossing a boundary into further danger from a literary standpoint? The reference to the East Farthing was very interesting to me, and from the riders came a terrible cry such as Frodo had heard filling the woods with horror in the East Farthing far away. It felt a bit out of place at first, and then I thought that perhaps this is a way for us to gain perspective on the situation. At the allusion to the cries heard in the East Farthing far away, I was instantly reminded of how distant from his starting point and the safety and coziness of the Shire Frodo really is. It provides a bigger lens on how big of a predicament he's in. Then he could no longer see his friends. And, as we discussed in class, there's a whole lot of significance there, too. He's getting further from his friends, spiritually and physically, in this moment, but also in the larger scope of the story. Although he will meet them again in Rivendell, could this be foreshadowing the fact that his journey will eventually lead him away even further from his friends? The entire Battle of the Ford is also one of the first moments Frodo is truly alone, other than Asphaloth and the river itself, and, he's experiencing in, and he is experiencing independence in the face of the Nazgul. So while reaching a safe haven, I would say Frodo is also, in a broader and more literary sense, crossing a boundary into a more grave and lonely situation. Uh, this is really, 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 really good. Now, we were, when we were talking about the crossing of the boundary last week, spent a lot of time emphasizing, of course, as makes sense, uh, the fact that it's, you know, it's safety, right? Safety, health, healing, help, 
right, that he's going to get in Rivendell uh, versus, uh, you know, despair uh, and, you know, death and enslavement. Are the Black Riders going to catch him? Is he going to get to the Ford? Um, and, you know, all the way in which that, you know, that, that, that final that final boundary crossing, right, um, is, uh, is happening. But, um, but you're absolutely right, Lalith. Although, I mean, I still think that that's, that's what the boundary seems to represent, right? I mean, he's racing for safety. Um, I do think, again, it's another, it's another moment where it's really fruitful to think about this in the larger context of the story that we know is happening. Um, just as Bilbo was, he is also by crossing a boundary, right? Um, uh, he is also uh, getting further, you know, this crossing yet another boundary between him and his home, right? The East Farthing Far Away is really good. I think I skipped over the East Farthing Far Away, uh, that phrase, mostly because I think I take that phrase for granted. Because it gets used several times, uh, you know that cry, and we talked about this at the time uh, when we were looking at this back in the beginning of chapter four. Um, but that moment when they hear the cry of the Black Rider for the first time in the East Farthing under Woodhall, um, it gets alluded to on multiple occasions, like at least three times later on throughout the Lord of the Rings. Um, but so when we got it, this was, you know, the first time we got that. Uh, and uh, that's what I was primarily thinking of. But you're right. That crossing, um, the distance that is emphasized between him and his home. And by crossing a boundary here, he's only leaving it further and further behind. And you're right that although, of course, in one and sort of, you know, immediate sense, he's he's going into safety he is also going into further danger we know he is crossing a line which he's you know and it's not just like the line to rivendell but remember uh, you know he is he is he's not coming back from this you know not completely um and he has had a foreboding of that from the very beginning right to go there and not come back again as far as as far as he can see right now, trifle, I agree. Um, there is a sense in which he's crossing into fairy too. Uh, the borders of fairy. That's, a uh, one of Tolkien's favorite kind of boundary issues, right? And there are lots of times when we get that kind of boundary crossing, that particular boundary crossing, the crossing of the rather peculiar boundary, uh, of fairy, uh, is a major theme, uh, in Tolkien's stories. Um, and of course, I, so I think that that would be a relevant thing to be thinking about, even if we weren't crossing into Rivendell, right, into a particular elf place. So he is, in fact, crossing into one of the fairy places, uh, lowercase f, right? So yes, it's certainly relevant to think about that here. And there's always danger involved in that, right? Um, yes, the elves are good, right? But, you know, you don't always come back from that. Right. Um, so, yes, I do think that it's it's um, it's very um, appropriate for us to be thinking about what this boundary means, not only in those terms, which do seem to me the most immediately pressing ones, um, and especially on on the gallop up, as we were looking at over the last couple of weeks, um, you know, that the, the imminent danger, the call of the riders for him to stop, you know, Glorfindel and Asphaloth trying to convey him forwards, 
you know, there's a, there's that, that one and most immediate sense in which the, the, the choice, right, is between light and darkness, between fear, uh, between despair and hope, between, um, you know, submitting to the will of the enemy and, and, uh, uh, you know, escaping to a place of, of, of healing. And yet you're absolutely right. At the same time, really overlaying that, we get this sense of this reminder, he's going deeper and deeper, right? Uh, further and further away from home, more and more into danger, different kinds of danger, right? Um, that's the world that he's in now. That's the exile that he has entered, that he himself saw himself entering, right? Back in chapter two, um, that's the way that he thought about it. So, um, the life, let's see, it's also the border of the Wilderlands, sort of. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we see in The Hobbit, certainly, is that Rivendell itself is a kind of boundary, right? It's the last homely house if you're going that way. It's the first homely house if you're coming the other way. But it is definitely the transition point between the wild and the comparatively tamer lands, right? Um, but it, it is it is on the boundary of the wild, and after you leave Rivendell is when you enter the wild in The Hobbit, right? Now, Rivendell as a, you know, we'll have to see if we think that Rivendell is being used as that kind of a larger boundary space uh, in The Lord of the Rings as well as it was in The Hobbit. Um, I'm not 100% sure here, especially since, I mean, one of the things that's been um, so very different about the role of Rivendell in the sort of economy of this entire story is that it's been the destination, right? Um, they've been aiming for Rivendell the whole time, whereas it was only just a, a stop off, right? This, this like the rest area on the way to the wild and beyond, right? With the destination of the lonely mountain, right? So, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, Yes, uh, and Trifle, that is a good way to think of it, too. Trifle says that uh, Rivendell is also the first real tie, barring the ring itself, to the great stories, right? Yes, uh, Frodo's tale is intersecting with a lot of other stories there. And, of course, that's one of the things, Trifle, that I think we're going to see. That's one way of thinking about the many meetings chapter, right? Ah, many meetings, that sort of semi-mythical thing at the beginning of book two, which I know has seemed so distant for so long and seems not to be getting much closer, no matter how fast we gallop. Um, but um, anyway, yeah, yeah. Eternal Cow, Rivendell really is a cauldron of story, uh, and we can see those things coming together. Um, it's, uh, it's really fun, actually, to think about uh, Bilbo and Bilbo's role in that way, right? Uh, Bilbo is uh, stirring the pot, <laughs> right, of the cauldron of story in Rivendell. That's one of his, uh, that's one of his roles. Okay. All right. Uh, but anyway, thanks, Lilith, for pointing that out. Really great way to be thinking about uh, the, the boundary there that we were looking at last time. And I think that's, that's a, it's a, a really good to sort of back up, back up a, a little bit and think about it from that direction. Um, yeah. Good. Okay. Back to the text. The boundary is crossed. Frodo heard the splash of water. It foamed about his feet. He felt the quick heave and surge as the horse left the river and struggled up the stony path. 
He was climbing the steep bank. He was across the ford. But the pursuers were close behind. At the top of the bank, the horse halted and turned about, neighing fiercely. There were nine riders at the water's edge below, and Frodo's spirit quailed before the threat of their uplifted faces. He knew of nothing that would prevent them from crossing as easily as he had done, and he felt that it was useless to try to escape over the long, uncertain path from the ford to the edge of Rivendell, if once the riders crossed. In any case, he felt that he was commanded urgently to halt. Hatred again stirred in him, but he had no longer the strength to refuse. Okay. Um... Wheel Rider, that's an interesting point. I don't think Tolkien had very much experience with horses. Maybe some, but I don't know that he had a, a lot. Um, yeah, I'm not completely sure. But I, I don't think he was uh, intimately involved. I mean, I was thinking about his war experience too, but he was a he was a signaler. I mean, he wasn't, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how much time he would have spent on horseback, uh, in World War II, but, or in World War One. I, I mean, um, maybe, I mean, there were definitely horses around, but again, the question is how much time did he spend riding? Uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. I, I, I'm trying to remember any like definite moments that would have been, having him on horseback a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. Um, yeah, no, see, P- Penloth, he wasn't exactly a messenger. He was a signaler, right? Um, which is, which is different. He was, uh, he was conveying and receiving signals. Uh, so he was in charge of communications, but he wasn't running messages, uh, in exactly that way. Um, anyway, okay. Aramabwed. Um, Asphaloth's actions here are very interesting to me, too. Um, uh, I, um... On the one hand... So, some people were asking before, um, what... Like, why doesn't Asphaloth keep running, right? He's now in the lead... Right. And yes, okay, it's more difficult terrain after you cross the ford. You've got to go up into the mountains and stuff. But A, Asphaloth knows the way. Right. I mean, come on. How long has Asphaloth lived lived here? Right. Surely he can find his own stable uh, back in Rivendell uh, if he needs to. Right. Secondly, um, although it's difficult terrain, it's going to be difficult for their horses, too. So um, uh, surely he could make it, and, and even if he can't go quite as fast on the mountain passes, he can still probably go faster than the Black Riders' horses, right? So, yeah, I, I agree. You know, logically speaking, there is no reason to think that Asphaloth could not keep going and beat them all to Rivendell. The fact that he stops suggests... Uh, what, I would, Green Great Dragon, I was thinking exactly the same thing. John Garth would know. That's exactly what I was I'm like. Uh, that's t- I'm totally going to ask John Garth that next time I see him. Um, yeah. Um, we should tweet him. <laughs> that's what we should do. <laughs> At John Garth Writer. How often was Tolkien on horseback? Um, <laughs> somebody tweet John Garth. Because, hey, come on, John, it's what? 
three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> surely he can hop on Twitter and answer our question. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, he, but he, he doesn't just stop, right? He doesn't just stop, but he stops and he turns about neighing fiercely. So Asphaloth turns defiantly at the Black Riders. And yeah, uh, uh, so Tamar's saying a fierce neighing is an odd thing for a horse. Um, okay. I, I, I know, I, I'm not exactly sure what Tolkien's experience with horses was, but I know that mine is very little. Um, so I guess it depends. I was kind of thinking uh, Trifle the same thing. Uh, if if he's, if Athelos is, is a stallion, um, he could be fairly aggressive, right? But still, it's certainly a change in strategy for Asphaloth, right? Uh, so, um, yeah, for Thoughtless, this is my question, too. Does he know what's coming? Did I, How detailed are Asphaloth's instructions from Gorfindel here, right? Um, has he received some kind of instruction that says, get to the other side of the ford and stop there? Right, because of course, as we know, knowing what is about to happen in the next few paragraphs, um, we know that it is actually essential that Asphaloth stops. Had the horse continued, right? Has he had he gone racing up the mountain paths, uh, leading the Black Riders on a merry chase? They wouldn't have been in the ford, right? So, Asphaloth is certainly acting as if he knows what's coming, or at least his actions are clearly. Um, they are as if calculated uh, to uh, um, to have the greatest effect, right? To keep them in the Ford. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it, it leads me to suspect that Glorfindel is either somehow in connection with him, right? Um, or he is... Or he received some kind of instructions in this. Um, yeah, Nahor, exactly. Are we sure Norolim doesn't actually mean run to the top of the bank, then stop and neigh fiercely? I think that's just kind of implied. You know, I think that, uh, you know, he could tell that that's what Glorfindel meant, right, when he said that. Um, and Tamra, I agree. Asphaloth versus Shadowfax would be a really interesting race, wouldn't it? Um Shadowfax is the, the fastest of all horses, but Asphaloth is an elf horse, right? I'm not sure he's quite exactly the same species as Shadowfax. I'm not sure that he's necessarily included in that. Um, but um, uh, here's my question. So there's one other possibility, right? Uh, one possibility is that he has received instructions to do this. The other is that he is responding to something else, too. We know there is a command to stop, right? Not coming from Gorfindel, coming from the Witch King. Um, he felt he was commanded urgently to halt. Is it possible that the Witch King's urgent command to stop is including the horse now? Right, that he's kind of f figuring out his mistake before, as Matt was pointing out. Right, he seems to have directed his despair whammy just at Frodo and didn't include the horse in this. Right, and and uh, and then the horse takes off with him. Is he, um, is he including Asphaloth in his command, and that's why uh, 
Asphaloth is not only turning, but he's turning and neighing fiercely, right? Because he feels the command um, uh, uh, of um, of the the Witch King and is defying it, right? Though he does stop, right? Um, I'm uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure there. Um, his neighing fiercely does kind of, you know, or maybe his neighing fiercely merely suggests, right? Um, like, you know, I hear you, uh, and no, I'm stopping, but I'm stopping because I want to, and not because you are commanding me to, punk, right? Could be a translation of the fierce neighing there from Asphaloth. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Karita assumes the horse is being territorial. Possibly. Possibly. Can I, I can imagine that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In any case, we can see him being successfully defiant. And what we end up with is a kind of contrast, right? Between Frodo and Asphaloth, I mean. Um, Asphaloth is clearly feeling plenty of feisty resistance against the Witch King. Uh, Frodo feels hatred stirring in him, but he doesn't any longer have the strength to refuse the command of the Witch King. Think now of the three times. Now, this is the third time? I think the third time Frodo has been feeling the direct command of the Witch King, the first in the Delander Weathertop when he was commanded to put on the ring and he gives into it, realizes after the fact what had what happened, right, that it was the Witch King commanding, commanding him, and he he uh, 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 rebukes himself for, for weakness of will. Remember that? When he, in retrospect, recalls that he was obeying the commanding will of his enemy, right? He is commanded to stop by the Witch King when the Witch King just came out of that tunnel of trees, Right uh, and confronted him back there on the near on the the other side of the ford, uh, and Frodo defied him there. Right, so and we so and we we saw the contrast there both times. Right, he drew his sword the first and the second time. He drew the sword after obeying the will of the Witch King and putting on the ring the first time. So he was almost a day late and a dollar short with sword drawing, right? The second time he draws the sword instead of obeying and turning back and going to the Witch King, right? So um, he perceives it. Now he's perceiving the commanding will of the Witch King a third time. Also, like the second time, knows what it is, right? Like the second time, is resistant to it, but but now he can't stand up against it anymore, right? Um, he, uh, he has to, he's just, he's just too worn down. He doesn't have the strength. Um, and again, I can't help but think of the, what this foreshadows, right? Um, his choices are going to be set against taking the ring for himself very firmly, right? Locked on that all the way through the trek across Mordor, but he is going to reach a point when he gets to the cracks of where he just can't anymore. His own strength is absolutely overcome 
by the power of the ring. He does everything that he can do, but he can't do it all himself. And he's reached that point, very close to that point, certainly, here. Um, And the... um, the, yeah, Zeph and I was just going to say the same thing. I don't like Frodo's hatred either. Um, uh, yeah, hatred, that doesn't sound good to me. I mean, it's like a little bit good in the sense that it's, it's, it's resistance, right? But hatred is different from defiance. Um, hatred is different from resistance. Uh, hatred sounds a little bit like giving in itself, right? Like the corruption overcoming him. Yeah, Belongsmont is just using the same word, corruption. Um, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Lilith, it's almost as if in hating the Witch King, he is trying to use the, enemy, the weapons of the enemy against him, right? Which is not usually a good call. Um, Unless it's, you know, Oathbreakers, in which case that's okay, apparently. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Galandar says you will never win a battle of hatred against the Witch King. No, and hatred is unlikely to put you over the top when you're trying to resist the will of the enemy, right? If, if what you need to do is keep from surrendering your own will to the enemy, hatred probably not the way to go there. Um, Yeah, and Mike, I agree. It is really easy to skim past that, right? Like, yeah, you hate the bad guys, and it's easy to kind of move on from that, but it is more than that. I agree. Um, Hatred again stirred in him does sound like a red flag to me, especially remember when hatred... um, when hatred stirred in him before, I think when 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 it says again, I believe that's in reference to just a couple paragraphs ago, right? When he first drew his sword with a red flash. Um, and remember, in D- Glorfindel, he's still screwing up, right? It's good that he wasn't turning around and saying, yes, master, I come, right? That That's good. But stopping his horse and drawing his sword is not the move, right? He's still, like, getting drawn in by the enemy. He's still playing the enemy's game by doing that, which is why Glorfindel's like, no, ride on, ride on, right? That's what you need to do. Run away. Um, get across the ford. Um, so I think it's hatred again stirred in him. Is a, I, I think it's a reference to that earlier passage just a couple minutes ago. Um, and, uh, but was it called hatred there? Yeah, and uh, and I, I agree. Uh, somebody Somebody looked that up. First of all, Let's check that paragraph just a few paragraphs back um, and see if the word hate or hatred is used there. Um, And I would be interested to see where else uh, we get, uh, what other contexts we get hatred in here. Um, Is there... Is there good reason to... to, to, Are are we justified in seeing that as a uh, uh, a red flag here? At once fear and hatred awoke within him for Thalus. That was just earlier. Okay. Yep. Okay. Fear and hatred. Okay. Yep. Yep. Good. Um, yes. So, Ambrosius Aurelianus, you're right that hatred of evil is good, but hatred of evildoers is where things get tricky. Right. 
Um, uh, this is where pity comes in, right? Um, if you respond in hatred instead of pity, then that's generally trouble, right? <laughs> yes, Penlove points out that Yoda went over all of this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, good. Um, yes, Gandalf talking about Gollum is a great example of uh, hatred of evil versus of the evildoer. Yes, yes. Um, yep, yeah. No, that's that's clearly a, a clearly an important uh, distinction. Uh, I believe here. Um, be interested to see a full study of that. See if we can get places where hating people is not clearly uh, a red flag here. Um, of course, remember, I'm tempted, of course, to go to a, a passage we'll, be, uh, we'll get to sooner uh, than you know it, um, when all of the hobbits are calling out for the death of Sharky right at the end and Frodo shows pity, right? Um, trying to steer the hobbits away from hatred and vengeance. Um, and that clearly seems important. Spoiler alert. <laughs> exactly. JJ. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Okay. All nine riders are at the water's edge. Um, Notice we get that same note of Matt's despair, right? The, the despair Matt was talking about in that earlier slide. He knew of nothing that would prevent them from crossing as easily as he had done, and he felt that it was useless to try to escape over the long, uncertain path from the ford to the edge of Rivendell if once the riders crossed. Um, that, I think, is pretty an even clearer indicator than the one that we had before, right? This is not about an objective assessment of the odds. Again, I think an objective assessment of the odds say, it's looking pretty good, Frodo, actually. I mean, it's proven that your horse is way faster than their horses, and your horse knows the territory anyway, right? Just tell Asphalt to go home really fast, neural limb already, right? And uh, and off we go. How are they going to possibly keep up? What can they possibly do? They've got no, mythal, no, no missile weapons, right? It's going to be fine. Um... But anyhow, so yeah, I, I think that uh, his despair here, oh, it's useless. There's no point in even trying, right? That, I think, is about that uh, boomful exactly, the wraith whammy there. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Rinru says, it's the first time I've heard 2040 referred to as sooner than you know it. Exactly. What actually is our pace, by the way? And I forget, who was it who posted that awesome graph of our progress so far? <laughs> can, can somebody do the math to project if we continue at this pace exactly when that's going to... It was Evil Dr. Cannon, of course it was. Um, yeah. Yeah, anyway, I'd be interested to see where we're actually <laughs> something like 2030 without, a, without appendices. That's good. That's not bad. 
that's not bad. It's barely over the over a decade from now. Um, anyway, okay. But of course, he knew of nothing that would prevent them from crossing as easily as, as he had done. It's interesting that we see them stop here, right? Um, so on the one hand, they um, he doesn't know anything that would prevent them from crossing as easily, but there are, right? And we know there are. And, and I'm not talking about the flood that's about to come down. Right. They could be excused for not knowing that a flood was going to come down. That's, you know, fairly dramatic and probably hasn't happened too often. So, you know, this is a bit of a surprise move uh, by Elrond. Um, But remember, they don't like crossing (laughs) rivers. Right. Uh, Waters. Water is a problem. Um, They don't even like to cross bridges. Uh, So, I mean, remember how the the the, you know, Remember the Black Rider standing there foiled on Buckleberry Ferry back in the Shire. Um, so it's uh, uh, water is water is an issue. They would not be enthusiastic about a Ford, uh, even um, even if it were a normal Ford, right? And this, of course, is not a normal Ford. Um, in context, the most important thing here that I think that we that we get is, again, as we were discussing all last week about the boundary, right? They are on the other side of the boundary. They, you know, we, we've talked already about what it means, right? What it means for Frodo to cross the boundary. It means something for them, too, to cross this boundary. Um, they were trying to keep him from getting here. That was like their whole strategy. Right, which Glorfindel messed up by riding down the road and chasing him away and all that stuff. Um, but their whole strategy was to try to keep him from getting to Rivendell. And now they are confronted with the question, do they invade Rivendell? This That's kind of a big deal, right? Invading Rivendell is kind of a big deal. Um, and... Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, Rothgar says that the Witch King is between the Glorfindel and the shallow Blue River. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So anyhow, um, there's... Yes, uh, Arden Cran, you are right in remembering old legends about... Uh, that uh, uh, In uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, vampires are unable to cross running water except at the, uh, at the, at the turning of the tide. Um, lots of old fairy tale traditions about the importance of rivers uh and uh uh things being unable to cross running water is uh uh is a common motif um but um anyway uh yeah it, it's this is a big boundary for them to cross <laughs> even if a flood weren't in fact already on its way down to wipe them out uh or about to be released uh to wipe them out it would be a big deal uh, for them to cross this particular boundary and enter into uh, the land of their enemies. Um, Elrond is going to feel fairly confident that if Sauron himself came uh, and attempted to invade Rivendell, he would not be able to fend him off. Um, But remember also uh, the comment in The Hobbit, evil things do not come into this valley, right? 
it's a big deal. There is much more here than meets the eye. Frodo's like, but the water's really shallow, right? Why, why wouldn't they just ride across? He's thinking only in physical terms, only in practical terms. Um, this is, this is much more than that, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and Kunal, it is in part due to Elrond. Well, wait, isn't that due to Elrond having his ring? What, you mean his vulnerability to Sauron? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he's not wearing his ring for that reason. Uh, uh, you know, and, and he can wear it now that Sauron lost his ring. They put them off, right, when he when he had the ring of power. Um, but the point is, uh, he just, he does, he's not strong enough. Sauron is stronger than he is, um, and he knows that. Um, but anyhow, um, yeah, so he, the Witch King's move here uh, is a big deal. Right, a major, though Frodo himself doesn't understand it. Um, he's not seeing that big picture. Um, again, there's a kind of irony, right, about his despair. Um, he doesn't realize there's a very real sense in which the deck is really stacked in his favor here. Not only does he have the faster horse, who knows the t- the territory, and now he's got a head start. Right now, he's legitimately in the lead. Right, uh, but. Also, I mean, he does not realize this sort of spiritual headwind into which, the, at the very least, right, into which the Witch King is going to be going. Um, this, is, uh, this is a gutsy move by the Witch King to cross this boundary at all. Uh, but of course, Frodo's not thinking that way, right? Not realizing that. Um, and this, of course, would help to explain why the Witch King is commanding him urgently to halt, right? This is, if we think about this from the other side, right, as I've tried to do at various points, uh, which has certainly greatly been increasing my pity for the Witch King, right, um, is, this is, uh, um, he's in a bad place, the Witch King, right? I mean, this is, this is his last shot, his last shot is to try to get he's this close to losing and he knows it right if the elf horse turns around and hightails it towards rivendell what's he going to do what can he do right i mean he's the one who sort of should be on the brink of despair right um he is playing his last card here in his urgent command for Frodo to halt. His only hope is that he can uh, get Frodo to stop and even cross back towards him. Right? Um, uh, That's... um, It's a big deal. Again, he is in a desperate situation. Um... And it's actually really funny in some ways to think about it that way. I mean, it's funny to think about um, the the uphill battle the poor witch king has. And I agree um, uh, that, yes, mad violinist, now that I have seen the witch king, I do pity him, right? Uh, and Aramabued, I agree. This has been my feeling about the witch king ever since Weathertop, right? Um, 
the Witch King's effort is actually pretty impressive, right? He, uh, uh, he's facing a really uphill battle this whole time, uh, and he's handling himself, um, pretty well on the whole, right? Um, okay. I love the capitalization of nine here. Right. Frodo still hasn't really put it together. He doesn't know about the ring wraiths. You know, Gandalf told him about it, but he clearly doesn't remember. Uh, and he's not really thought it through who the nine are exactly. Um, but uh, we're sort of being prompted about that. Right. Um, yeah, Matt, I agree. He's also got to be thinking about Glorfindel approaching on foot, admittedly, right? But getting closer from behind. So here he's 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 stuck. His options are dwindling. Uh, what's he going to do? What's he even going to do if Frodo comes back, right? I don't even really... I mean, I guess they can try to run away. And since Glorfindel is separated from his horse, maybe they'd make it, right? Um, but yeah, he's... Um, it's a tough... It's a tough place uh, for him. Okay. Suddenly the foremost rider spurred his horse forward. His decision is made, right? It checked at the water and reared up. With a great effort, Frodo sat upright and brandished his sword. Go back, he cried. Go back to the land of Mordor and follow me no more. His voice sounded thin and shrill in his own ears. The riders halted but Frodo had not the power of Bombadil. His enemies laughed at him with a harsh and chilling laughter. Come back, come back, they called. To Mordor we will take you. Go back, he whispered. The ring, the ring, they cried with deadly voices, and immediately their leader urged his horse forward into the water, followed closely by two others. By Elbereth and Luthien the Fair, said Frodo with a last effort, lifting up his sword, you shall have neither the ring nor me. Um, okay. So, J.J., I always found that line, but Frodo had not the power of Bombadil, very confusing. Like, I mean, yeah, Tom Bombadil has a lot of power, and, you know, all I was thinking here um, was... Uh, of the Barrowite, right? And the way that he manages to banish the Barrowite. Uh, and, you know, so get out, you old white, vanish in the sunlight, isn't panning out for Frodo the way that it did for Tom Bombadil, right? Was what I always sort of imagined here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Bruce, it's exactly, since we did our, our study of uh, the Return of the Shadow uh, in the Mythgard Academy series, this line has made a lot more sense if you know the earlier drafts, uh, because, of course, in the very first draft, the very first draft when they actually got past Bree uh, and out towards Rivendell, Tom Bombadil uh, had a confrontation with the Black Riders, because way back in the old days, the Black Riders were Barrow Whites, like they were the same thing. Barrow, you know, whites on horses is what the, is what the Black Riders were. Um, and there is a moment when the Black Riders approach them, when they're in the company of Tom Bombadil, and Tom Bombadil stands up and tells them to run to, to, to go away, and they do. They obey him, right? So then the second time, when they catch up with him at the Ford, and he says, go back, go back to the land of Mordor and follow me no more, he is sort of de deliberately paralleling 
what Tom Bombadil says to them um, when he met them earlier before. And they obeyed him, but they don't obey Frodo. So the line makes enormous sense in its original context uh, and uh, no longer makes quite as much sense um, lingering on as it does. Now, again, the reason that Tolkien kept it does seem pretty clear. It still works, as I said before, right? We have seen Tom um, command Old Man Willow and be obeyed, command the Barrow White and be obeyed, and even in a sense, this is stretching it a little bit, but almost command the Ring and be obeyed, right? Or at least the Ring had no power over him, right? Um, So we have seen Tom Bombadil's authority enough to know what this means. It still conveys something. It's just not quite as uh, as uh, direct a parallel there. Um, and Hrothgar, I also think that that's really interesting. Um, uh, Frodo's voice being thin and shrill. Yeah, it does sound a little bit wraith-like, right? Thin seems... Um, now, on the one hand, it just means he's weak, right? Um, but, that is, he's, he's, he's feeling weak. Um, <clears throat> but but yes, uh, I, I think that the the way in which his own voice sounds a little um, uh, a little wraithish uh, is concerning uh, at the least. And James, again, I don't want to be unfair to Frodo here. He is weak. He's wounded. Right, the guy can probably barely breathe at this point, and is certainly in a great deal of pain. Um, but uh, but he uh, but he is trying and i agree with you um fourth dauntless um you know fourth Dauntless says that had not the power of bombadil is also kind of the opposite of damning with faint praise right the wraiths do stop uh even if uh only for a moment um yeah and i think it's interesting to watch that right so the witch king spurs his horse forward he doesn't enter the the that the, the witch king says go forward to his horse. And the horse says no. <laughs> right? The horse refuses to enter. And that's interesting. It's not the will of the wraith which balks ultimate, which, you know, in the end here, uh, at entering the fort. It's the horse who does. Um, uh, which I think is interesting. Right? Um, can the horse sense that, um, uh, you know, his rider's nervousness, his rider's uneasiness about the fort? Um, possibly. Possibly. Um, and yes, Mad Violinist, I was also thinking that the two others who come along with him, uh, you know, flanking him, probably are those two other ring rates who entered the Dell under Weathertop, right? Um, you know, there's definitely... Uh, uh, definitely some, certainly we can see the parallel there, right? Um, yeah. Um, yes, Tilly and I agree that, uh, oh yeah, right, the Bombadil bit would be a Frodo line. Yeah, but Frodo had not the power of Bombadil. Yeah. I would think that sounds like Frodo. I don't. Th- I, I. I. I don't see Sam adding that editorial there, right? It sounds like Frodo there. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Matt was thinking the same thing. Um, uh, hmm. Matt's thinking though that it doesn't 
would Frodo have called him Bombadil? Hmm. Maybe. I'm not sure. I think he might. I'm not sure that I would agree that that is sort of enough to, you know, disprove his uh, uh, his sort of authorship there. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, 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 Eric Crouch is saying that horses are very adept at sensing danger. Now, the danger isn't there yet. The flood isn't released until the Witch King enters the fort. Um, so while the horse is still balking, um, the flood isn't coming yet. But again, I think that it can probably tell uh, that its rider is pretty convinced that something bad might happen if it goes into the fort. Um, yeah, yeah. Um Mad Violina says, it is of a piece with Frodo underestimating the quality of his resistance under Weathertop. I agree. Um, uh, but notice how his enemies laugh at him here. Um, uh, yeah, Vermont Hobbit is wondering how much of a threat Glorfindel is from behind. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We're not quite there yet. Uh, but we'll come back to that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, Captain Thunderheart, I do agree that I think that this, that thin and shrill is not necessarily a description of how his voice actually sounded objectively, but of his perception of his own voice. So perhaps it does tell us less about the like timbre of his voice and more about um more about the the um his own perception of himself here right um it's how it sounded in his own ears uh and the weakness and sort of pitifulness of his own voice right um is that would seem to be part of the despair he sees his own attempt at resistance to be pointless, useless, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, good. Fourth Dallas, I was going to point that out too, that the E-bomb doesn't work here, right? Um, it's not just about saying the name, clearly, right? You can say by Elberth and Luthien the Fair. Now, I'm not saying that isn't necessarily a good thing to say. I'm not saying it has no impact but it certainly does not have the impact that it did before, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, Tillian, that's a really good point about how, uh, uh, that how Luthien the Fair was herself legendary for the power of her voice. Uh, as well. Uh, so yeah, no, these are good invocations uh, by him, right? Uh, clearly, but again, nobody's screaming and running away, <laughs> right? So that's, again, to Fort Dauntless's point there. Um, 
Do I think that Elbereth hears and responds? Yes, but not here as she did before, right? Um, that just, it's clearly a difference, right? Do I think that, you know, I certainly don't think that this is uh, an indication of Elbereth's, you know, she's like asleep at the switch here today. You know, she was uh, monitoring closely under Weathertop and is, you know, on vacation today. I'm not, of course, suggesting anything like that. Um, but it's clearly just saying her name is not just a magic spell, right? Um, uh, she acted in that occasion before. She is not acting now in the same way. Uh, and of course, We'll see why it's not needed, right? She knows, uh, but um, uh, you know, and, or maybe there could be other reasons, right? Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it it's it certainly does. Fourth Thoughtless, as you originally said, support our idea that it's not just about the saying of the name. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, interesting. Crystal points out that Frodo's mention of Elberth and Luthien annoyed the Witch King. He shuts Frodo up right after that. Um, yes. So look at the way that the conversation goes, right? <laughs> Joe Bayan suggests that uh, uh, you can only drop the E-bomb, you know, once between long rests, right? He hasn't really had a good long rest since the last one, so he didn't reset. Makes perfect sense to me. Um Look at how the conversation goes, right? Um, remember, hatred was stirring in him, but he didn't have the strength to resist the command. So notice the state that he is in, right? Um, he wasn't strong enough to just refuse the command of the Witch King. He obeyed, and that command was to stop. So he stopped. But he does still have the spirit, not only to hate the Witch King, as we saw, which is potentially dubious, but still spirited, right? It's kind of kind of in the right direction, though it's also kind of not in the right direction. But any, it's it's possibly corrupt. But again, at least he's resisting, right? And we see him resisting here in a very similar way to as he did when he was wearing the ring, right? Sitting upright and brandishing that sword, which does seem to give Ringwraith's pause. Um, and, uh, oh, Zevin, I'm going to come back to your stats here in a second. Um, so, um, uh, he tells them to go back and follow him no more. They laugh at him and say, come back to Mordor, we will take you. So they take his defiance, right? His attempt to, um, uh, to banish them, right? To send them back. And they take that and they twist that cruelly, right? Oh, we'll go back to Mordor, all right. And you will come with us. Come. So they give him a command. Come back to Mordor. We will take you. Um, notice how they twist this around so that his will to resist them becomes in their invitation, right? Uh, his turning his will towards them, right? Come with us, right? Sur surrender your will to us. Um, we will take you to Mordor. Um, that's where we're going. All right. Um, and you should come with us. And then he, but he continues to resist. Go back. He's only whispering now. He can barely even say it aloud. He barely has the strength even to say it aloud, but he's still resisting them. 
And then they cry, the ring, the ring, with deadly voices. And immediately their leader urged his horse forward into the water. So the witch king enters the ford as they're crying out, the ring, the ring. Um, and that's when Frodo makes his invocation. And notice the, notice the uh, shape of it. By Elbereth and Luthien the Fair, you shall have neither the ring nor me. What he says sounds like a prophecy. He's not talking about what he's going to do, right? His will is the question here, right? Um, will he surrender to them? Will he do what he is commanded to do? Come back, come back to Mordor. We will take you, right? The ring, the ring. The implication here is give us the ring, right? We want the ring. And he makes a statement in the future indicative. You shall have neither the ring nor me. FYI, you shall have neither the ring nor me. He doesn't make an I statement. It's a third person future indicative sentence, right? He doesn't say, no, I won't, right? I'm, I'm not coming with you. I am resisting. He just says, statement of fact, you will not have the ring, nor will you have me. Um, it's, it's, he's not exact. He's not referring to himself in the third person, but he's, uh, technically second person. Yes, you're right. Uh, <laughs> technically. Yes, of course you shall have neither the ring nor me. He's talking to them. Right. Um, uh, but, um, anyway, interesting. Fourth Dauntless is suggesting no wait. Who? Oh, Trifle would suggest. Oh yes, in a way, Frodo is making an oath. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I would consider this an oath. Um, oaths. Oaths are pretty much always in the first person, aren't they? I mean, the by Elberth and Luthien the Fair. I, I I get how that sounds oathy, right? Um. Because he is swearing by them, in that sense. But he's not... Yeah, Captain Thunderheart, I agree. It is more of a taunt, right? Or rather, I would suggest that he is invoking them in witness to his statement, right? Now, you invoke witnesses to an oath, right? That's exactly how that works. But again, what he calls upon them to witness... Uh, is not a statement of something that he is pledging to do, which is, of course, the direction that an oath would go, right? Um, exactly, exactly, Captain Thunderheart, just as you were saying. Um, By Elbereth and Luthien the Fair, you shall have neither the ring nor me. Another way of understanding that is basically him saying, okay, you're not going to get either the ring and you're not going to get me. Why are you not going to get the... How, how is it? How are you going to be prevented from getting either me or the ring, right? And his answer is, not by my strength, because I'm pretty much tapped over here, right? You know, he's not making a boast. Making a boast would be, you know, like, I will die before I go back with you or, you know, whatever, under no circumstance. Well, again, something in the first person where he's saying what he is going to do, 
right? Um, but he doesn't do that. Instead, he says, you shall have neither the ring nor me. And I'm suspecting that not only is he just invoking, not only is he calling them to witness this statement, I'm suspecting that it, he means it exactly um, exactly as he's exactly as he says it. How will they not have the ring nor him? By Elbereth and Luthien the Fair, right? He's calling upon their assistance, right? Or rather, even making a statement of faith. This isn't going to happen, guys, right? Not because I'm able to keep it from happening, but because I have faith that it's not going to happen, right? That Elbereth and Luthien the Fair um, are going to... So I'm interested to hear you guys say, you still say it's an oath. What's he swearing then? What's he swearing? Um, what is he pledging to do? See, the thing that interests me, he is only a direct object in this. That's when I was talking, again, not third person, second person technically, but he's not the, he's not the subject of the sentence. He's not the doer of the action. He's the object of the action here, right? You will not have me. He leaves himself out of that activity, right? Um, that's why I don't think it's an oath. Because, again, when you make an oath, you're promising to do something. Um, and, uh, and he's not promising to do anything. I think that he understands full well his inability. And that's what I think is so significant about this statement. If he were just showing gumption... Now, he, I'm not saying he's not showing gumption. He is. But if this were merely a statement of gumption, right? I will, like, you know... I will fight you in the streets. I will fight you on the beaches, right? If that's what Frodo is saying here to the Witch King, um, and like I, you know, so I'm going to resist you until like I'm dead or wraithified, which would be in like five ten minutes, uh, and I'm, uh, but I, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to take you. I'm not going to let you take me, no matter what I. Then he'd be saying that, right? And he could call upon Elbereth to witness that. That would be an oath, right? But that's not what he's saying. Again, I think he sees his weakness. And he is saying to the Witch King, by invoking Elbereth's name here, he remembers dropping the E-bomb before. Right? He knows. And I think he is reminding the Witch King. Like, remember last time we were face-to-face, my friend? Right? And um, Elbereth kind of intervened. I think Frodo has a kind of a sense of what happened there. Right. Um, And he's saying, you know, just FYI, Elbereth is still watching. Right. She's still listening. Uh, And I'm just going to make a pure faith statement here. I don't know how it's going to happen. But um, uh, you're not going to get me. That's a prediction. Take that to the bank. Again, future indicative. Right? You shall have neither the ring nor me. Um, yeah, he doesn't include himself in the byline, Tillian, exactly. Um, yes, and uh, Tormarth and I agree. He called Elbereth uh, in the vocative last time. Yes, he was, he was addressing Elbereth last time. Here, he is reminding the Witch King of Elbereth. Right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yes, Kimber, that is how it sounds to me. He trusts in Elbereth and Luthien as his intercessors, their powers, not his. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like that to me. Uh, Luke is saying that it sounds very much, uh, it's very much Tolkien's uh, Catholicity uh, coming through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the uh, thinking of them as intercessors uh, and invoking them as intercessors. Yeah, yeah. No, that uh, does sound like that. Um See, trifle. This is an this is an interesting contrast because you're absolutely right. It is also kind of like when Gandalf says, "Your staff is broken," right? Statement of it's indicative, right? Not a not a command, right? Not a not a threat. Just FYI, your staff is broken, right? But that's present indicative, right? Your staff is broken. He's decreeing that as of that moment when he says it, it is presently true. Right. And it happens immediately. The future tense. That's faith. That's that's where the faith comes in. Right. Frodo doesn't know what's going to happen. Frodo has no. And we've seen Frodo struggling with despair. Right. His hope is what is being, it seems, primarily targeted by the Witch King. He not only has no idea what's going to happen, he has no, we've no reason to think he's feeling bright and cheerful about his prospects. He seems, in fact, to have a, a much, uh, a, a, a much less sanguine assessment of his odds than I think is even realistic. But he makes this statement of faith, right? You shall have neither the ring nor me. No idea what's going to stop you. You could just walk. We're standing here like a couple yards apart. There's nothing that I can see that's going to stop you from walking over here, and I can't resist you anymore, right? But nevertheless, I'm just going to tell you, you're not going to have either the ring or me. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, good. Um Excellent. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm reading trifle about the oath here. Um, see, but Kyrian's oath, yes, it's a response, but it's, uh, it's, he's like very much promising to do so. It's still like he has, he's, he's making a promise. Um, uh, the sentence that you're quoting, Trifle, this oath shall stand. Notice that's not the oath. That's a statement about the oath, right? And about how long the oath will endure. But it's not the terms of the oath. It's like, does it, that sentence doesn't contain what they're promising to do. And there is a thing that they're promising to do, right? Um, yeah. And it is a promise that he has the agency to implement. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, Lalith is wanting to credit Asphaloth's uh, uh, ferocious neighing with the uh, uh, invigoration of Frodo for this one last declaration. Possibly. Possibly. Here's another thing. We were talking about how when he's invoking Elbereth here that it's, you know, it's not having the effect that we saw before. But where does this come from? He's fading. I mean, in more than one sense, right? He's spiritually fading. He's physically fading, right? He can barely speak anymore. Go back. He's whispering, right? And then 
something stirs him to this um, to this last effort, right? By Elberth and Luthi and the fair, you shall have neither the ring nor me. Um, where'd that come from? I'm not sure that came from him, right? That that's just spontaneous on his part, right? Um, that I think is that you know. I think he's inspired here. Um, uh, I think it's uh, he is being that last effort is is coming not only from his own resources. Um, is there evidence of the source of inspiration? Well, he's mentioning Elbereth here, right? Uh, that's that the fact that he that that he is invoking Elbereth and Luthien um, as he's saying this is one of the things which suggests inspiration to me. Um, we saw him inspired, but this isn't the first time, right? Um, his dropping the E-bomb was an inspiration. He found himself saying that. Now, we don't get anything that explicit here. This is not nearly so direct an inspiration um, uh, as he had, you know, in the Dell under Weathertop. But it's still like that, right? Um, I, I think that we can see this as sort of similar. He's being given this one last uh, thing. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Eric says uh, uh, beautifully, Frodo becomes something more in himself than he knew himself to be because of joining a, a cause larger than himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, to say I think it's important, you know, Eric, as, as you're sort of suggesting here, when I say that I think he's being inspired here, that doesn't mean I think he's being made into a puppet, right? That this is not, that he doesn't get credit for saying this. He does get credit for saying this, right? Um, he is resisting. Um, and it, this is his own, you know, his own will is involved here. But I don't think it is only his own strength that is involved here, right? That's, I think, the primary thing. Um, but um, anyway, uh Yeah. Last question. Why do they just say the ring, the ring? I mean, there are all kinds of ways that we can understand that, right? I mean, notably, most notably what the ring wraith's words do not contain is a verb, right? Give us the ring, bring over the ring, we want the ring, we like the ring. I mean, what's the verb exactly? What's the point? They're just, it's just a noun. The ring. The ring, they say. Um, why are they saying that? What is, what are they trying to convey, or are they trying to convey anything? Um, too desperate to make a complete sentence. That verb doesn't seem like too much to ask for, right? But yeah, I mean, um, it's their battle cry. Yeah, it, Cordy, it's almost like that, right? Um, 
almost like religious awe. That's a really interesting way to think about it, Rothgar. Um, ah, trifle is thinking it's like an invocation, right? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Wraith cheerleading. <laughs> yeah. Um, Marianne suggests that the ring is calling to them and they're responding to it. Maybe. Maybe. Um, now, notice this is not them responding to his Elbereth comment. His Elbereth comment is responding to their invocation of the ring, right? But again, they're not invoking it exactly. There's so many different ways of understanding this. It could be like um, an invocation, right? Um, uh, it could be it could be an invocation. It could be a demand. It could be a kind of reverence. Notice, so uh, they're all they've all been speaking, right? This has not been a one-on-one -on -one conversation between Frodo and the Witch King at any point. The Witch King is the one who's first attempting and then succeeding to en in, uh, on, in entering the Ford here. But all of the Ringwraiths have, uh, at both points here, been involved in the conversation, right? Um, Um, yeah, the number of different ways it can be taken is the thing that I find so fascinating about it. It's like they don't even know exactly what they're saying or what they're doing or what they want, right? The ring, the ring, they cried with deadly voices. Um, yeah, JJ, I'm inclined to think that way too. Um, JJ says they're scary and powerful, but this moment also highlights their slavery and pitifulness. Yes. Um, Arden Crayon suggests maybe it's just simple frustration. Uh, they've been searching forever and they just want to go home. Yeah, speaking of returning to Mordor, the ring, the ring, right? That's what's driving them. Um, showing that them, the, this is them, what? You could see it as them just kind of betraying their own mindset, right? This is them giving voice to what, um, like, what's in their head. The whole, like, the ring, the ring. We are being driven to, the, like, this is what we are commanded to do, Um <laughs> Blocks month suggests they're like a dog chasing a car. They, they wouldn't know what to do if they caught it. <laughs> something like that. Uh, something like that. Um, yeah, Matt sees this as a kind of hateful longing, descri like uh, described by Gandalf um, when he talks about what would have happened to him had he faded. Um, uh, that hating it and loving it thing, kind of like with Gollum in some ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, Xenia uh, uh, is thinking about uh, uh, Gollum chanting, "My precious, my precious." It's 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 like that, right? Now again, it's it's less personal, I think, for the, than for Gollum certainly, because of course, remember the um, the ring rates have a different relationship with the ring, right? Less personal. They've never had it. Right, uh, it commands them, but indirectly. They are under its power. They are subordinate to it, um, but more importantly, they're subordinate to Sauron, and he has commanded them to find the ring. Right, so um, um, 
But yeah, Belongsmond, especially if we again think about this from the Nazgul point of view, there is some desperation there, right? They know it's their last chance. They're seeing the ring. The ring is on the other side of this, to them, quite scary boundary, right? Um, Irma Bwet, I don't think they would be able to wield it. I don't... I'm. No, I think we can be positive that they couldn't wield it. If they could claim it for their own, Sauron would certainly have not sent them to recover it, right? Uh, the the mere fact that Sauron has sent them to bring it back to him uh, or to bring back the ring bearer uh, to, suggests that uh, he knows they are safe, right? Or it is safe with them. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, interesting. Kimber says that Frodo is headed towards that single-minded wraithdom, uh, but he clearly, grammatically, sees a difference between himself uh, and the ring still. Yes, Kimber, that we do see that very importantly in that sentence. You shall have neither the ring nor me, right? We are two separate things, and you're not having either one of them, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Okay. Well, that's all we're going to have time for here tonight. I got through. We got halfway to the We have two more slides. Next week will surely be our last week, uh, our 93rd session on book one. uh, And that will be it. We will be completely done uh, with uh, uh, with (laughs) book one. And chapter 12 here, uh, continuing to set new records for length of time discussing a single chapter. All right. So I'm going to switch over uh, to Twitch. Um, We're going to see if we can get to Rivendell, right? So this will be an adventure. Um, uh, Thanks, everybody, for joining me. No, uh, thanks for uh, for folks joining me on Twitter tonight. I'm going to say goodnight. Twitch.tv slash SignumU is where we'll be the rest of the time. So goodnight, folks, there. Uh Okay. All right. Okay, we're raiding up here. Yep, yeah, so. we are going to try oh, putting man. you... Uh, I think what we need to do, we've kind of talked about it a little bit in chat, is put you with protectors and healers. Okay. So the group I'll put you in is like, you know, any anybody who's like a protector, like a guardian or somebody that can like protect him, um, come on up around Narnian so I can make sure I've got you in the right group for him. Hey, I'm a and, champion. Uh, I'm not too worried, you know. <laughs> I'm wearing heavy armor. I'm in the, I'm in the glass. Oh candy yeah, group. okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's see. Okay, so let me just get this set up here. So we've got. Uh, let's see. Narnian and. Laxmond and oh, I know Riddleist we want to put in with you too because as a lore master he'll be able to that'll be especially important on the high moor uh, oh yeah right to see if we can spot those guys you know right um, yeah yeah okay Link's so let's back. see now let's see who else have I got here Bark Wolf we need to get him. there we go yeah there you go <laughs> raid invite at that i've got 300 entire hit points i mean how much <laughs> how much danger could i really be in oh, we're gonna limit you to three of those kinds of comments tonight 
Okay. I feel like we probably ought to like station people along the way so that if you die, right? In the unlikely event of my In the unlikely event, yes, yes, we can somehow pass you along to get back. Right. right. Might be difficult at level four, but maybe he'll get to level five by the time we get there. Could that could happen? Yeah, Sorry, I guys. Could, I'm I'll probably gain XP for the like while we're in Breland still. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Ruin and Pen Penloth, um, I think you guys are in your own fellowship, and that's fine. That's not a big deal. I had tried to invite you to the raid, but it's you know it's not like we're raiding for like anything special here. Just, right. No. Just mainly is to make sure I've got enough protection for Corey. For Corey. Well, it was like I said, it. oh, you could just you could just you know ride to Rivendell, right? He's like, I don't have a horse. Can't, yeah, I don't have the riding straight. Yeah, I don't have the riding skill yet. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh what about gosh. us? Your meat. Yeah. Okay, so have I, is, if there's anybody I've missed, it's in the room right, for the raid invite. Jump up and down so I don't miss, miss you. I think we got everybody. Okay. All right, and I think I've got, uh, let's see. Who nope, else there's we one got jumper. Here? Oh, is there Ray, a jumper? Ray line. Oh, okay. There we go. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right. There we go. And um, everybody that's in the raid, you, we can chat in the raid. Um, yeah, so people are already doing that. Chat in the raid channel. Okay. Oh, yeah. you guys jumping? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Rack and ruin over here. All right. Okay. All right. Look at this. We we are we have plenty of hunters. Let me yes. see. I'm going to move around. That'll some be folks handy. Here. That'll be very handy. I'm not going to worry too much about anybody else having um, healers in their groups. I'm going to put the healers into um, into. Let's see. What we got here. Ruin. Put him in there. Into but we are going to aggro things. So. Oh yeah, be prepared for things skating okay, towards we, like a we got moose you, uh, lake town. We got you. Oh, look at this. We got you a lore master, two minis, and two guardians. There we go. Uh, there we go. Perfect. If that doesn't work, I don't know what will. Okay. It's like Lady Gaga <laughs> yeah. tour. All right. Oh, okay. okay. So, shall we? We're gonna go. To, we have to go by via the south gate, right? That's how yeah. we're uh, Yeah. Yeah. Through the lowlands and yeah, okay. Yeah, let's well, take, oh, let's, let's make sure. Oh, let, no, let's. Oh, you know, let, shoot. Let, you know, the one thing I let's keep... take the road and not try to go overland. Yeah. Yeah. You sure, we don't want to try play... to hit the stables on everywhere. That would be. <laughs> nah. No. No. Nah. I'm wondering okay. if I should put a hunter into so we all of us can have leafy feet in all of our groups. Oh yeah, leafy feet. Probably not a bad idea, huh? Yeah. I think. Definitely. Mm. Okay, well let me let me do this. D May, I'm gonna put you in Corey's group. Uh, this is what I get for hunter? not doing my homework. <laughs> where'd she go? D May, there she is. Okay. And then Okay. Okay. I think that's as good as it's gonna get. If okay. we have to do more, we'll do it later. But for now, we should be good to go. So all hunters, put on your leaf, leafy feet on. All right. All right. All right. 
I was going to say, Corey, you can lead the way, but maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, I'll be fine. See, here, here, here's the advantage. The advantage is that we are covering the terrain that I have been meticulously exploring for months now. Right. Yeah. So that means I'm going to be so not tempted to like go. Oh, and well, look this at is things. a good point. That's right? true. I, I call no way. I call no way. We're going to come across something you haven't seen. I've that already is a seen very it all. Good point. Right. I think so, we go yeah. this way. Don't we go this way? This way is probably the closest. Which we're going left. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I think we go through the dirty, uh, the not, it's not dirty laundry, actually. It's drying laundry. It'd be clean and tidy. Well, I don't know. We've been running through it every week. I bet it's not that <laughs> sterling. Right. Yeah, that's probably true. It's going to look like the Shroud at Turin. Turin Turin Bar? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's take him to Angmar. Yeah, next time. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. We'll have to start at 9 o'clock before we do that. Next time we'll go to Angmar. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, good idea. But, uh, not this time. Good idea. I got to put a mark on Corey. Oh, yeah. I think, that's true. But I'm not gonna. I'm not going to tempt fate. You will not get the red you're, skull. You're not going to give me the red skull? Okay. No, no. no. I think that's, that's just like begging there to be an issue all right the sign of the worm the shield is good because it, it's 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 tall so we can see you right all That's right uh -oh. lagging running into things okay okay so immediately as soon as we get through this gate <laughs> we need to be concerned about okay mr safety yeah i mean level four yeah, and we want to make sure you don't outrun your protectors so right. you know yep. yeah yeah yep. stay, stay okay. in the green caterpillar all right. Yeah. I'll try. I'll try to stay here. Here we go. But people keep stopping when I stop, so you know. I'm lower level. I don't want to be out in front. <laughs> well, I think some folks are uh, probably stopping because they're with you. I'm right. trying to be with you. There anyway. might be some rubber banding as well. All right. So. Well, then there's uh, Bark Wolf, one of my guardians, out in front there. So that's good. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. No, these deer don't hurt people. Not until yeah, we get to ribbon shoot things <clears throat> yeah because i think i'm still what 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 level are things here um 15 ish 18 ish 15 to 20 i think still in the i still i know this is still the first crafting tier we're coming up to the area where there's a bunch of um boars and bears and stuff yes right? mm -hmm. oh my <laughs> boars and bears and stuff oh my mm-hmm Hey, I leveled up. Perfect. <laughs> Yay. Why can't I get any of my... Hey, I, in, theory, in theory, I could go get the writing skill now. <laughs> too little, too late. In theory, you could <laughs> so what? So true. Go get, get the, the writing, writing skill. skill. I just had the tooltip pop up that told oh. me I, I qualify for the writing skill now. That's right. I'm level five. I'm practically invulnerable now. I'm a big boy now. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, some red dots are looking antsy it's on the so side weird. here. My, uh, all of my skills have grayed out. Isn't that weird? Oh, there we go. Well, there's some. Mm -hmm. Let's. 
man, there's a lot of us. We're going to get some say, You can use your horse from... whistle, but I'm not sure you can do that. Well, I guess you could use your horse whistle, actually. Yeah, it's super slow, though. Oh, is it? I don't understand why my everything's grayed out. Oh, there we go. Okay. Sorry, I'm still trying to hold back to get closer to the middle here. Middle of that big green caterpillar. Okay. We're in the Midwater Marshes now. Well, at least you're, you know, you're a man instead of a chicken running this. So exactly. you have a whole different view. I mean, I could probably take one or two hits, right? Yeah. You probably could. But... You you have done, well, at least here you could. I'm not sure once we get further on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah that's true. Once we get to the troll shots, probably not so much. But or we already have red things hiding towards us right I now. I mean, when so. we get to like, like midway between uh, Forsaken Ant and Oscar Ruth, it's probably going to be right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Man, I'm going to try to keep up. If I fall behind, don't give a crap. <laughs> All right. So we got level twenty-one goblins now. Boomful. All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think Once I... on the hills are thirty. Pretty sure we'll I'm no longer getting XP anymore. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I'm still getting some. I just, I, I just got oh, one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. By the way, another spot, I'm sure that Riddleus knows this, is the stretch in the, uh, in the Lone Lands uh, beyond the, beyond the uh, Forsaken Inn on the way to Oscar Route. There's some links in there, too, that tend to be. Yes. Oh, yeah. I Sometimes just, just on the side of the road. Distance. What a beautiful, Isn't that neat? Day. I know. Yeah. On a clear day. <laughs> On a clear day. Yes, Doran Arthur. I wonder what the Neeker Breakers eat when they can't get level five champions. Okay. Spiders. Hey, look at that. I'm like halfway to level six now. <laughs> Check you out. Hey, people mm. in my group, shoot things. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, so there's the Forsaken Inn. I love this view of like the, we've got the you know weather top up there on the left. We've got that other ruinous tower in Minas Ariel, I think, on the right. No, it's the one up on top of the mountain. And then the yeah, yeah. the Forsaken Inn here in the middle, so you can see. Yeah. You know the, the the ruinous but new construction right here. How old the Forsaken Inn is? It's and, got a shingle roof and a wood yeah, beam. Exactly, well, it's got a hole in the roof for sure. Yeah, for right. sure. But that looks like some sort of rockfall damage or something. I don't know if it's. Uh, Corey, you might want to. Do you want to open up the stable master while we're here? Hey, no? might as well. You could do that safely, I believe. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, might as well. Okay. Meantime, we can come up ahead here and see if there's anything that needs killing. No problem. Okay, yes. For future adventures here in Honor. All right. Continuing on. Making excellent uh -huh. progress so far. No problems. Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did I just gain rep for? Uh, well, that's what you get when when uh, stuff gets killed. You get rep points. Oh yeah, out here you get um, yeah with the igline. 
Oh, okay. I just got yeah. I just got like twenty thousand. Yeah, it's or like something. The way you have to get rep here is by yeah killing stuff. Uh huh. Pretty dang hard. And making making stuff for everybody. Hope you don't crit. <laughs> right. right. Oh man, yeah, Weathertop's looking great today. Yes. It's about as sunshiny as it was outside today. That's Virginia for you. Don't like the weather? Just wait a while. All right. Yeah, this is where we get the invisible links and a lot of red things skating towards us. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Oh yeah, they are coming down the hills towards us. Woo. Yeah, no, Woo. they're just like they're on roller skates. Yeah. Get myself up there. I'm feeling distinctly vulnerable at the back of this line. <laughs> <laughs> This is the worst conga line ever. Looks like we've got a couple others who are fairly low level still. Yeah, well, a new surfer, and yeah. they they kneecapped the the uh, advancement. So right. you only, I think you're learning at sixty percent. That's how come you ended up only at four instead of five when you finished the intro. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Man, I even have the outriders token. It's not doing a thing. And they don't give you, they don't let you buy 100% or 200% level accelerators in the store. Nope. Mandatory authenticity. Oh man, my health bar is just going back and forth yeah, and back wh- and forth. What's up with that? Why is that? Is that is, I, are you going I don't know. in and out of somebody's uh, buff radius or something? There, maybe. maybe there's a captain. My group, it's all glass cannons, a rune huh. keeper, and a. That Krabine oh. really yeah, is yeah, coming yeah. for Was there me a Krabine there. eyeing you? Oh, man. Absolutely. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, there we go. Yep. Good job. Uh, good job. <sighs> Floormaster worth his weight in gold. Yeah. Jeez. That that was close. Well played. Well, well. Well, this is certainly more exciting than the Super Bowl was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to do this next year instead. <laughs> yes, I, I I am getting the rep now, but not the XP anymore. Not the XP? Oh, boy. No. Oh, lag. Everyone has disappeared from my view. (laughs) It's okay. You're not truly alone. It just looks like it. No, no. People on horses. Stay with me. Jeepers. Come back and get on horses. Oh, there's something chasing. Uh. (laughs) Great googly moogly. Whoa, what? Help. <laughs> this is really scary. <laughs> A little stressful, isn't it? Yes, those, yeah, pur- it is. those, yeah, those it purple is. spiders are 
Whoa! Ah, yeah, yeah, no. Oh, it just spider. came into the middle of the line. Whew. Yeah. They're, they're coming from oh, all no, over. Right? Yeah, they're coming from all over. Oh, Look at these guys. Yeah. Target. Oh, Man, they're scary when I'm at level, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a warg now. Okay. Uh-oh. Something right up yeah. next to the road up here is a spider. Look yeah, it. spider. Oh. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get, get it. it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he was waiting right up in the rocks next to the road. Yeah. Oh, there comes that warg. Okay, good. We got him. Whew. Yeah, Amethor and I know. Is that on our side? Ugh. Okay. And we're... Where's Oscar Ruth? Oh, wait, hang on. We're right here. We should turn aside for the stable master? Maybe. If you want there's to, a yeah, lot of but spiders. Everybody make sure, because there's stuff between... So that would actually yeah. be great, because I need to put a healer into Valori's group, and that'll be good okay. to stop here if I can do that. All right, well, so we'll pause yeah, here for a nice. second. Okay. Whew. Okay. Whoa, Nelly. Great googly hey, moogly. Why can't I go to... South Bree. I went to the South Bree Stable Master. Huh, weird. I can go to Rivendell, but not South Bree. Yeah. Okay, Salvia, I put you into Valori's group just weird. so you can make sure that we try to keep her alive. Thank you. And thanks, Violet, for pointing that out to me. <laughs> oh, I thought it was on purpose. <laughs> no. Silly. <laughs> What that no, the group I, was like I, I entirely low that level I hunters I that I hadn't given Valoria a healer. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I, just... uh, All right. I thought it was one of those. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. What's the worst that could happen? Oh no. Okay. That's that's two. That's two. You get one more. <laughs> it'll be awesome. <sighs> just burning right through that, huh? Oh, is that a bad guy? Oh no. <laughs> Oh, that's a good point. Uh, uh, gravity, I might not have had enough money to pay for that ride. Mm, I've only, yeah, I've only got why. 28 silver. Yeah. <laughs> oh, could yeah. Be. That'll, to my, that'll to my name. So, yeah. And I could use mithril if, in theory, I had any mithril coins, which I, I don't, don't have any. Yeah, I server. don't. <laughs> yeah. It might be level restricted from there. Yeah, that seems like that. Well, it, it is funny how cavalier you are with that when you have 27 alts and every single one of them has 16 gold and suddenly you make a new character on the server and going, ha ha, she'll just right. take a well, stable. Wait. Hang on, there's a doe right there. <laughs> on a whole nother server okay. too, you know. That Does are like... okay here. It's when we cross the bridge, you got to be afraid of anything with antlers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'll be... Also, does don't again. aggro. It's usually the bucks unless you start shooting a doe. Well, no, the does come after you. I, I'll never forget that doe that chased me down the tunnel at Henneth Noon. Henneth Noon. When I was like 20 levels under. So, And I think we will be 20 levels under when I And then the, the girls bridge. of Middle Earth had the moose. That the came moose, over the, the famous the moose incident. Yes. Into Dale. Holy cow, that was so funny. Oh, no, an yeah. archer. Look out. Okay. We were all like level 15 and we were like, we'll go to Dale. It'll be safe in Dale. Right. <laughs> well, our problem was we were taking photos. We were all on our horses. We were trying to take selfies. So that yes. Right. Yes. Oh, that is one of my favorite clips in the history of this channel. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> oh, man. And of course, 
Sanswinda had the camera and she's the one that fled. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Pride goes before the moose. Yes, her bravely running away was one of my favorite things. Okay, there's a turbine over here giving me the evil eye that I think will. All right. Brave Sanswinda ran away. <laughs> Just exactly right. what I was thinking when I was watching that. Unfortunately, I was out of camera because she and I both hit 180s like, and got the <laughs> heck out of there. But I didn't make it on camera, so that was so funny. Yeah. All right, here we go. Crossing the bridge. Dun, 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 dun. And I'm hearing Stravinsky in my head now. <laughs> now, for anybody that's watching, like on Twitch, it's we've been through the pretty mild spot so far. This is when it's going to get really that's interesting. Right. Ugly. Control shots. <laughs> we the get actual trolls. The trolls. And that's assuming yeah. that I don't lose the path in the bushes and start running off into the woods. Dangerous places. You have entered a part of the world. With challenges and threats of much higher level than your own. While you are in this area, you may attract the attention of monsters from further away than normal. You can tell when you have entered such an area when the name of the area below your minimap turns red. Absolutely. Yeah, my first one is when I did a drunken keg and wound up in Forakel at level 20. Uh -huh. That's when I got that. That was the first time I saw that notice. And that's also when I started to freeze to death. You froze to death in Forakel? Yeah, I went in the water. I didn't realize that that was a thing. Oh, right. Every, every place else you can swim. And yeah. <laughs> you get in the water in Forakel. I figured, like, oh, yeah. that's easy. I'll just swim. I'll swim to safety. And then, no, I, I no. started to slowly die. And then the you know, polar bear got me. So. Okay. Oh, okay. Stay in the path. Stay on the path. Stay in the path. Yes, that's the, okay. Who's? who's it's a slightly there? darker oh, bit oh, of. Lethal. It's a fly. Whoa! Is it okay? Wouldn't that be awful to be killed by a fly? I know exactly. I don't know why so you got killed by a fly. Yeah. Die of malaria in the troll shots because I could. <laughs> bit by a giant fly uh oh it's like the curse I, of the mummy I mean, dying of an infected razor cut <laughs> i'm in combat mode which is which can't be good that's not a good sign that means yeah. people in your group are killing things okay uh-oh riddle link was lost oh no well there comes that deer after yep. us there <laughs> same doe the same one yeah See, they're the really tricky ones because they don't show up on the minimap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think they only aggro when you're under level. Yes, I've exactly. That they must do. Be it. Yeah, when you're when you're this far under level. Yes. They will come after you. So all the elk and the moose suddenly decide that you're toast. Mind you, moose bites can be pretty nasty. <laughs> Got bitten by a moose. <laughs> and moose no, ones really. bit my sister. Carving her initials with the toothbrush. <laughs> I'll 
be joining you shortly on my level 21. Oh, there mm. she is. Hello. Whoa! No! Whoa. No, 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 no! 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 Get him! Get him! Get him! Get him! Oh. Oh, oh, that deer came out of nowhere! Oh. Holy cow! Told you this would be exciting, people. Whew. Well, okay, another, one, another one! Another one! Oh, get another it, one! Get it! Get it! Yeah, it's the deer that are really the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. It's like here. I thought the trolls would Everybody be Everybody form a phalanx around Corey. <laughs> Donut of distraction. Whew. Suddenly, I'm remembering in Osgiliath when you went aside to look at the siege engines and died. Well, yeah, but see, it, like, yeah, that's me visiting a place I've never been before. You know, I know that's right. And then Mubak was hiding in the bushes. Well, and anybody could have been pounced upon by a Mubak. This is true. You know, I mean, like, they're very stealthy, and it's not my fault. They're very stealthy. (laughs) (laughs) They sneak up on you. (laughs) They all cry, hello, and when you look up, they drop on you. (laughs) Okay, there's a wolf up there. Oh, yeah, there's also stealth wolves, I think, along in here. So, so. Do, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have yeah. some level 50s, right? Do yes. we have some? Okay. Some. Yes. Right. Not enough, but some. Did Rildalus come back? Is he back? Yes. Oh, good, okay. And in the group, apparently, so. Yay. Although we do have some trailing green arrows. And I'm it's still daytime, okay. so we won't get the troll on the road. No, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's true. So that's handy. So for, if folks are watching on Twitch, that if you don't know this, the when it's nighttime in in Lord of the Rings, the trolls come out yeah. here and they walk yeah. There's along one the patrolling road. on this road, yeah. Mm-hmm. Patrolling. It's actually a little annoying because there's actually a, a D a quest, you know, to kill trolls, and you can only do it at night. Oh my gosh! Here they come! Oh, bears! Okay. bears. Oh, wow. the, the other thing we got to watch out for are crawlers. Remember when we came through here with chickens oh, one time and I right, think Josh yeah. got hit by a crawler. I think it's further closer to the boards. Yeah, no, they, 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 yeah. there are some in through here. There can be some in through here, too. I've mm-hmm. I've encountered him. I remember him. There's a crawler after me. There's a crawler after me. Help, help. <laughs> <laughs> that was our sacrificial hobbit. Yeah, it's like it reminds me. I did that picture. Josh asked me to draw a picture of uh, oh, elves right, running okay. around with a hobbit on a we, on a little fishing pole. That's right. Dangling yes. it in front of wolves, while the so the chick you can run on by. That's right. That's one of my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying to stay in the middle of the pack. And um, I'm I'm working on that. I don't know why I seem to be out distancing everybody. I know. Maybe I, your connection's I, better than everybody. Longer legs than a lot of us. Ooh, like, yeah, there's a crawler. There came a crawler. Yeah. Other people are killing. Problem things. is, for me, a lot of the stuff is um, gray. Right. So, like the exactly. crawlers are especially hard to see. Yes. There's a big mass of red over there. It's probably going to come after me. All right. We're almost to the Ford. <laughs> so I, when we were talking about the wraiths going the ring, the ring, it's like immediately in my head, it was just like, it's, it's, you know, the, the 
the cry of the one-track mind revenant going brains, brains. Right, right, right. That's what I was thinking. That was one of the funniest things when my son asked for a Spanish dictionary for his birthday, and the first thing he looked up is how to say brains in Spanish so he can walk around going, cerebros, cerebros. <laughs> okay. You made it. Phew! In a we flash can take a break here, a little breather. Yeah, we're good. Phew! Okay. Breathers just Phew. mean things respawn. <laughs> oh, see, I... Okay, I got the dangerous places one now. Oh, you did just now? Crossing the Yeah, just now. Into the, yeah, Fort of, into Highmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bizarre thing is I'm on a level 13, and I'm not getting that uh, indication, but I'm in Rivendell because I cheated. Oh, uh, yeah, because Rivendell's a safe space. You're going to come Is that what you're going to do? You're going to come I'm going to try gonna... if I don't die on the Highmore. All right. So if you see, uh, uh, oh, we gotta let. Make sure you get the let the lore master get up in front of you with thing. Oh yeah, because we the, got the, the yeah. Lenses, so he can do yeah. the yeah, so he yeah. can do the thing. Put a chumpy yeah. thing on auto kill. Lynxes. Okay, there's a bear. There's a fallen comrade. There's flies up here too. <laughs> right, I so get... was a chicken. It's fine. Yeah, I did this as a chicken too, solo. But didn't you get like ten meters away from the I gates and did. got hit by Inside a Inside of the right? gates, look at there's a, okay. I thought that bear was coming there's down bear, towards there's us. A bear. Yeah, no, there's, yeah, there's a bear. There is a bear. We did coming. it with the girls of Middle Earth, and Kim uh, ended up dying because a lynx respawned right on top of her. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, that was such a jip. Okay. Reminds me of the time we were taking hobbits to Isengard, level 10 hops to level 75 Isengard. And uh, uh, we, Sam, poor Sam Burke died, like, right on the... Oh, steps. no. Yeah, it was, we were distraught. <laughs> Brother <laughs> Hobbit made it. But, yeah. I think we had that happen on a run of Minas Tirith with one of the chickens that went with Corey. I think somebody died really close. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. We, we Thank you, Thing. About chickens to Mordor. Okay, there we go. They can do chickens to Dale, too. I have a theory about that, but I don't know for sure. And I haven't been able to tickle it out of Cordovan yet. Yeah, the question is can you get there on foot, or do you need to? Is there some sort of. Uh, connection you'd be able to interact with and be human in order to do so. There's not currently a land route to... That's what I thought. But they're working on one, so my, my suspicion is that the next game update should theoretically, again, just suspiciously thinking this, that it might include the Bjorning lands, and they, uh -huh. and they were talking about putting landscape paths to those areas from the rest of the areas. Oh, that'd be nice, yeah. Then we could do a chicken run to, to, to like, you know, we can peck snails with the, with but, the thrush. <laughs> but can you cross the mountains? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I could pester pinion about it again. Okay. He's kindly joining us on the Grifflet stream on the 22nd. Yes. But we won't do that during that stream because we promised we wouldn't. Right. Exactly. Whoa. Links incoming. Ah! 
almost here. Come on. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> we could uh, explore. You know, no, no exploring. Valley. No, no, no. <laughs> With those dragons. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone in unison now. What? <laughs> oh the no! Worst that could happen. <laughs> Whoa! That links came kind of close there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, badger! 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 badger. <laughs> Killed by a badger. Running. Seriously. From, from from so many Hobbit runs to Isengard, the the secret is to simply keep running. Okay. Yeah. Well, he keeps getting out ahead of everybody. This I know. I'm yeah, just I'm know, trying to stop and let the pack go in front here. <laughs> okay. We're so close. Some of, I know we're so close. Some of you yeah. may die. Who's right in that front of us risk here? I'm okay. willing oh, to take. Oh, it's a boar. Okay. Oh, oh, here comes a badger. Look out. Ah. Boy, he came shooting out from the underbrush. He over did, there. boy. Roller skating badger. <sighs> okay. They used to be easier to spot before they added all the vegetation. Yes. No, I don't want to be in front. <laughs> Okay. Okay. We're almost there. Shh. I trust nothing. Oh. I trust nothing. <laughs> running, 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 running. Oh, yay. Running, running. Here we go. We did it. This is, this is get... where my chicken ran into the stealth links, right at that intersection. Oh, right there. Wow. Yeah. We're safe. We get... Yeah. Woohoo. Woohoo. Okay. All right. And the gates of Imladris, we made it. Hooray! Now, do you want to take any vantage? Do you want to show... <sighs> Actually, you can't really see it from here, can you? Too many trees. Yeah, I'll have to go down to the next there's, one. There's that one good vista. Yeah. Right here is good. Yeah, this is a good one. Ah, yeah, much nicer here. Ugh, it's one of my favorite views. Just trying not to. One of my. Uh, just trying not to ironically plummet to my death here. Okay. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things in the game is to see this view. <laughs> It's actually better from the road. There's less. There's fewer trees. Yeah. Actually, over here is good. <laughs> I gotta turn my graphics up again. I really mm. like how you can see like the domes and spires, but they're still all just kind of peeking out between the trees. You mm -hmm. can see the bridges. You know, but it's not like it doesn't look like a city or something, you know? Mm-hmm. You've got the mountains up behind them. These are looking like real mountains, not just the... Yeah. Like the, the, the hills, you know, the, the that we were seeing from the 
Ford, right? When we were looking up. Yeah. Big proper. Yeah, snow-capped mountain. mountains. Yeah. That are not your friend. <laughs> That's right. Cool. All right. Let's uh, let's go down. And I should. I we should. Uh, we should stop. We'll actually explore Rivendell. That's cool. Soon. Uh, getting here was the goal today. Yeah, although uh, I think most of us are going to go visit the stables real right, quick. I was going to say I should probably yeah I should probably do that. <laughs> I love how the I love the 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 book right how the the last homely house looks like it's got a book upside down on top of it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've always thought that looked like a. Like Elrond's holding his page, you know. <laughs> he's messing. He's breaking the spine of the book. No, it's yeah, it's, no, it's, no. You know, it's not. It's not pressed flat missed. enough, you know. So that's true. That's true. Yes, he, he set it down in a way that he's gonna he's gonna get it again, like any right. minute now. Exactly. I can't believe it. We made it. We made it. It's amazing. I know that was, and it was pretty uh, uneventful, which is good. Yeah, it was it was interesting enough. I yeah. think I, I had fun. <laughs> that deer in the troll shots was the closest one for me. I, that was the only one that actually hit yes. me. I think. Yeah. Yes. That, well, that yeah, that one set the bar. I think. You know? Yes. That's uh. Well, it was, we just, have a and it was totally unexpected. I mean, you were standing in the doorway for heaven's sake. You were oh, even yes. out on the well, landscape. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. This this was exactly the right amount of peril. And she came down into the tunnel, which is totally yeah. Surprising. That one in Hennet the Noon, yeah, he, that it, that just wouldn't stop. <laughs> All it right. would appear that I've been here. How on earth? All right. Well, I think I'll go over this way so I can go to the stable master. I know I won't be able to take the stable master here from Bree at level five, but. Uh, but once you have it open uh, the first time, you don't have to spend five mythical points to open it up later on. Right. The stable That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can come visit. Um, you can come visit Aragorn's horse. Right. That's what I did with my chicken because uh, it was part <laughs> of uh, Professor Jay Clayton's uh, class, the Coursera thing. Yeah. Was, he said, "Can I don't think anybody can actually solo taking a chicken to Rivendell and go visit uh, Rohirrim." And I'm like, "Yeah, here, screenshot." Right. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. All right, we did it! Woo! Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Now, can I succeed in crossing the bridge? What is the next challenge? <laughs> okay. I love these random elves that are just kind of standing there astride the path, like blocking traffic. You know? Yeah, I know. It's like, you know, move it or lose it, buddy. <laughs> I know. Okay, we are full of hope and not despair. We're in Rivendell. 
Hey there, man. It's Rocharen. Yay! I love how he has his own little stable over here. <laughs> Whew! Major Bonin. Okay. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Cool. All right. We did it. Thanks, everybody. So our first glimpse of Rivendell here, we have, you know, we we have achieved through great peril and daring, which just seems like the most appropriate way to actually finally arrive at Rivendell. <laughs> True that. So I think this was a this was a, a, a great first trip onto uh, the legendary server, and we'll see where we are and what we're doing. We may in fact. Um, we may, in fact, be back in Angmar, you know, exploring Angmar the next time we uh, are planning to come to Anor. In which case, we'll have to, you know, <laughs> we'll have to get up to... Yeah, I'll have a little homework for you. Yeah, oh uh -huh. man, but I'd have to do the epic quest again. Oh uh -huh. man. Well, we can port you. You can get ported yeah. to, um, like, Gathforthnir. You can get ported there without... Even if you're under level? Yeah, well, I, I don't know. You can't get ported. Not if you're under level. level. But you, you can get ported there if you haven't done the epic. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, okay. we, we wouldn't be able to run to Gathford in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> like we ran to Rivendell. But we, we could run to Algaier, however. It'd be this entertaining, just to have a different That is ending. true. We could <laughs> run to Algaier. That, that would be actually an interesting run. Yeah. Yes, it would be. Okay. All right. Well, I should let everybody go. Thanks for your help and assistance here uh, and your companionship on the road for our perilous quest. Thank you for everyone's protection. Uh, Thanks, everybody. There, that, was, that was excellent. And uh, very good. So I should be here next week, I think. No, I will not. Next week is when I won't be here because next week I'll be down in New York. Um uh, doing that uh, panel on the Morgan Library exhibit. Oh, um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that'll be next Tuesday. So it won't be your next... So th we will be uh, two weeks from now on the 19th will be the next time. And then I'll be gone the week after that. So one more. Mm. One more Tuesday uh, in February here. Uh, and then I'll be back for the beginning of March. So, oh, Hrothgar, excellent. You're coming to the Sheen Center event. Cool. I will look forward to seeing you there. Very good. Excellent. Good, All right. good luck, safe travels. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. And so we'll see you guys for class again in a fortnight. Good night, everybody. Good night. Night. Thanks for joining me on this epic exploration of The Lord of the Rings and of Standing Stone's video adaptation of Tolkien's story. If you are having even half the fun I'm having on this journey, I hope you will consider supporting the project by donating at signumuniversity.org fund.